I don't know, like, does he sense that maybe it's sort of the end of this, this, like, I don't know if he doesn't think it's, like, sustainable, this whole fallback thing, I don't know, like, he's, if, if they sign Sancho, it, to me, it's clearly a sign that they need more creativity in the team, and that he just, see, he just thinks, like, the midfield's becoming a bit of an issue, that's how I see it, because he's not going there to just be a, you know, bench player, backup player. If they sign like a Depay or something, I would have understood it because he can play up front, he can play on the either wing pretty much. Like he could have been, maybe not a backup player, but he would have been a player that, he would have eaten up all of Origi's minutes or whoever, or Shakiri's minutes. Like he would have, he would have still got quite a lot of game time. Like there's been a couple games this season where Salah's been injured or Firmino's been injured and it will inevitably happen to, you know, again, again this season. So... Depay would have still gotten a lot of minutes, but with Sancho, it's like, he'll cost like double what Depay would have cost, and he's like a young talent, like he wants to play, he'll want to play like every game, like he's got the, he's got the, um, he's been linked to like all sorts of clubs, like he's not going to go somewhere to be a bench player, I think, so, um, and then who else, United, I just don't see it, like I know they're a massive club, blah blah blah, but they're not going to be in the Champions League, I would rather just honestly, I'd rather stay in Dortmund in that like toxic situation than go United because yeah, it doesn't look like they're gonna be champs anytime soon. Um, and then who else? City. I can't really rule City out because they just love signing wingers. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Sane goes by and, and Sancho comes back to City. But do they really need him? Like they're like they've got Sterling, they've got Bernardo, they've got Mares, like. I don't know, man. It, it, I just I hope he doesn't go City because it will just be so boring. Like, they deserve to be punished for letting him go. Like, or well, they didn't let him go, but they deserve to be punished for that whole situation. I don't want to see them just buy him back for like a hundred million, like nothing happened. Like, it'll be like the Pogba thing. Like, fuck that, man. Um, and who else? Arsenal haven't seen linked Spurs. I'll love him at Spurs. Like, we need a creative winger. Lucas is just not good enough as as a starter. Like as a squad player, he's perfect, but I don't want him starting regularly. Um, and yeah, Lasalle could play that role, but I think it's a bit of a waste. So I would love Sancho, but it's it's not gonna happen. Like I haven't seen us linked to him, and he's linked to bigger clubs than than Spurs. So I think that's pretty much all the teams I've seen him linked to. Like maybe I, I honestly I think Barca are so desperate for Neymar, they should just get Sancho for like less money and get a player who okay he's worse now definitely, but in a couple years he could be Neymar level or could be better than the level Neymar's at in two years. Like it's not that's not beyond the realms of possibility, and he fits like he fits that sort of criteria of what they want from from winger like Dembele was meant to be that guy who's sort of cr- great 1v1 he's really creative um can play on either wing I guess Sancho Sancho takes all those boxes so that would be like a logical move but with Valverde there I don't know if Sancho would I don't know if that'd be the best career move for him but I know that he'd be he'd be like tempted by Barcelona like who wouldn't so, yeah, I'm going to say Chelsea if they get top four. That's who should join. Um, Next question. If you could build a team around one top, non-non-top six player, who would it be and why? And can you do, like, a non-top six 11? So, 
I feel like the obvious answer is Vardy, but I don't know how long term this sort of is. Like, if it's like taking age into account and stuff, who would I build a team around for the future? It'd probably be like Madison or Richarlison, probably because they're just they're so good and they're so young. Um, whereas Vardy's now what? Th- I know he plays like he's a fucking twenty-two, but he's now thirty-two. Like he's gonna in the next few years, he will start to decline. Um, and I, I know I, I probably said this like three years ago, but he's it has to happen soon. Like it happens to everyone. So. Um, I think Madison. I'll I'll say Vardy's just the easy the easy answer because, like we've seen what can happen when you build a team around him or when you play to his strengths. Like he's got twenty goals, twice, and he's gonna do it three times like this season, and it could be argued like they weren't even playing to his strengths under under Puel. Like they were, it was more like a sort of possession based team, and he just happened to get. A lot of goals because he was amazing at finishing. Like they weren't really playing to his strengths. Um, but yeah, like I'd say Vardy and then Richard. The thing is, Richarlison's a player. I don't think you build. Maybe you don't build a team around him because he's sort of. I feel like he's just a manager's dream. Like the things he, the things he's good at is, he's not the type of player like you give freedom to and he just creates something out of nowhere. Like he's just a good. Uh, I don't know how to explain it really. He's just he's just a manager's dream. Like stuff like his work rate and getting into good positions. That's sort of that's not stuff that happens because oh you've given them freedom. That's just stuff that happens because they're they're just a good player. Like I don't know if that makes sense. And guy, someone like Madison or Grealish, for example, if you built the team around them, they've got so much quality on the ball that is sort of that that is um that's the type of player that you build a team around. If that makes sense. So. I'd probably say Vardy without age, well, if you don't take age into account, and then if you do, then I'd probably say Madison over Grealish, but one of them too, or a Charleston maybe. And then non top six, 11. So I feel it's kind of boring to put Leicester players in here, but I have to. Um, but yeah, Fabianski in goal, even though he's injured, it's just he's still amazing. Right back, Ricardo Pereira, definitely. Centre backs. Uh, I would have said Bolly, but the thing is, yeah, it's hard to judge defenders in a back three, like how they do in a back four. I don't know if he he looks like when he performs, he's the best centre back in outside the top six, but I don't know. Like I haven't seen him in a back four. He might be like quite kind of shaky in a back four. Like we've seen defenders like Luis and even Aspilicueta in that um sixteen seventeen season, and there's way more examples of it. These sort of these guys, their flaws are, like, covered up in a back three. Like, they can afford to take more risks. Especially these defenders that are sort of more... Yeah, they take more risks there. They're more sort of aggressive and, like, proactive with the defending. They ex- they get exposed way less in a back three. Because they still have, like, cover from fucking the right wing back to centre-backs. Like, they can afford to make a mistake and it won't cost them. They won't leave the, the, the centre-back, the other centre-back isolated. Um... So I'd probably say soon she's definitely up there. Like if I was to make a a team of the season so far, he'd be like next to Van Dyke, he'd be the centre back. Um and then the other one who's really up there? I mean Evans Evans and Soon is like a perfect partnership to be honest. And you can't really like they've conceded what, nine goals a season in fourteen games, like you can't really argue with that. 
um, and they complement each other pretty well as well. Like Sunchu is the one, that, like, the kind of player I was talking about that that's really like aggressive and steps out a lot, and you know, and Evans is like the composed one that sort of reads the game well, um, good on the ball. So it might it might just be them two. Um, who's really there? Uh, I'm probably forgetting someone obvious, but yeah, I legit think oh. Diop kind of was in the convo before the season started, but he's he's looked like really shaky this season. But I still rate him. But I would probably put Evans and Sancho ahead of him now. Um, left back, I'll say Luca Dean. He's so good. Like I feel sorry for him in this Everton team. Like he's he's like the main. I said it the other day on Twitter, but he's literally like what Baines was for them for this, for like five six years. Like all the creativity comes from him, just crossing it in in, like uh, I feel sorry for like I I just feel sorry for him. Like he has he has such a hard job, like and he's still so good at it. he's still so good at creating chances. I think he's like top five for four chances created this season from fucking left back. Like people praise Trent, okay, fair like Trent deserves his credit, but Dini's numbers, yeah. They're not even like that far off in terms of like creativity. So yeah, um, I'll say Dean, but Chilwell was like he's looking good, but I just have Dean just for the how good he is going forward. Um, I think he's he's France's number one left back now as well, which is great to see. Midfield, um, I think I'm gonna do like a four four two kind of thing just to get as many sort of attackers in as possible, and it's not a team that would work on paper. It's just. It's just a team that I just think is the best best eleven players. Um, it has to be Ndidi. Like I'm not even a fan of Ndidi, but like he's just such a monster defensively. Like like the let's just the numbers he's putting up this season, yeah, the tackles and interception numbers. It's like eight a game or something, which is nuts. Like someone like Sissoko, yeah, people consider Sissoko good defensively. I think his numbers it's like two two tackles and interceptions a game, something like that. Indeed, yeah, he's literally putting up like Kante at Leicester numbers defensively, and obviously, yeah, he's not the best on the ball. But when you have like Tielemans and Madison ahead of him, that's not really an issue for 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 Leicester. Like, it might make him limited as a player, but it doesn't cost Leicester ever really. So the way he protects that backline, like he's he's definitely maybe not the biggest reason, but he's a big reason why Leicester's defense is the best in Prem so far. Um and then the other centre mids or midfielder um I really want to put in Madison but it's like yeah he's just not a centre mid but no fuck it I'm gonna put Madison um I would put Tielemans if if like if it had to be a centre mid because I think he's probably the best centre mid outside outside the top six but Madison just he's just great he's made. He's just improved a lot this season. Um, he's scoring more goals. I think his chance creation is pretty like his creativity is pretty similar to last season, but he's playing a bit deeper, so that's sort of understandable. I just want to see him in the England team now, starting because I know he's probably the best English ten right now. As much as it pains me to say it, like as as a Delhi just believer, Madison just looks so good right now. Um, and then. Onto the front, I want to say front. It's basically a forty-four or like a four-one-five. Really, this formation just—it would not work in real life. But um, 
Barca left wing. Uh, I don't know. I want. I want to say Richarlison. I'll say Richarlison. Fuck it. Um. Yeah, I just think he's he's still scoring at a decent rate in this terrible Everton team. Like seventeen goals, no penalties from the start of last season is pretty good. Like it's probably how many players in the Prem have actually got better numbers than that? Like probably. 10 max like it's really no one outside the top 6 I bet like okay Vardy obviously but he, like, he's probably the only one um yeah what can I say I love Richardson like if you follow me on Twitter you know like I just think he's quality everything he brings like his work rate is something that for wingers nowadays it's nowhere near like essential but I just love wingers that just work hard and put in a shift like it's such a such an asset um and yeah, like even his, I think he's got a couple of assists this season. Like I think he's improved in that aspect. He's pretty versatile. Like he can play up front. I'm not saying like I don't know if that's his future position or if if he's great there right now. But that is he can he's an option there. Like I think he's even played there for Brazil a couple of times. He can play on the left. He can play on the right. Just a great player to be honest. And fifty million. I remember the outrage when when the fee happened when when the fee was like announced. Even by me, I was a bit shocked, but. He's like hundred percent justified it now, and he's like he's definitely Everton's best player. Um, right wing, uh, I'll say Zaha, even though he's a left winger, like he's a winger. Um, he's been a bit poor this season, but uh, he he's playing in like he he's playing in like a pretty terrible Palace team. And if you look at the midfield they play, uh, it's guys like Kuyate, Macarthur. Uh, Milivojevic like he has to pick the ball up so deep because he doesn't have any midfielders that are sort of attack minded or that can like carry the ball into into dangerous areas so he's got like a really tough job so a lot of people are getting onto him for like his numbers are poor blah 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 but I don't know like who would who would honestly be getting better numbers than him for, for Palace like Hazard probably but you know it, it's not a case where if he was like poaching or something, he'd get more goals. Cause, Palace, he is Palace. Like they don't have anyone else that offers anything really. Like, Townsend has a decent cross in him, but that's it. Like, you know, they're such a bad team to just go and forge, and he makes their goals tally look somewhat respectable every season. So, I don't know. I think, I think, I think he's probably missed his chance to move now. Like maybe at the end of the season, but he's like twenty seven now, so. I wouldn't pay anywhere near like what people are saying. Like, I wouldn't pay seventy million for Zaha, even though that's what it, it would cost minimum to get him out of there. But yeah, he's definitely like he's definitely in the like probably top five players outside the top six. Like he's been so good now for for what, three four seasons, so definitely him. And then up front, Vardy just is a non he's a no brainer. Like. He's probably one. He's probably been the best player in the Prem this season, full stop. So it doesn't even need explaining. Um, and then the other one, I feel like it's fifty-fifty. Like I love Jimenez, and yeah, I'm gonna say him. I think Haller is like a decent shout as well, but I just think Jimenez is a bit better. Like his his link-up play, his hold-up play. Like I know Haller's good. Haller's good at that, but I think. Jimenez is better with the ball at his feet like Haller needs someone a bit closer to him whereas Jimenez can literally get the ball with no one close to him which has happened a lot at Wolves like the the attack is literally just him 
Okay, this season, him, Jota and Chore, but last season it was just him and Jota, so he'd be picking the ball up and Jota might be like 30 yards away from him and he'd still hold it up and like lay it off to someone out wide or something, or like Doherty or something. So, Jimenez is probably one like the most underrated player in the Prem, or one of the most underrated players. Like, he's genuinely amazing and probably top six quality and no one really, no one really gives him that much credit. Like, Neves gets spoken about way more than Jimenez for some reason. Even though Jimenez last season was arguably the 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 best player outside the the top six, like he was so good, and he's been so good again this season. I think he's got like fifteen in in Europe or in in um not in Europe, in in Europa League and Premier League combined. Like he's been so good again. So I'd I'd have him just above Haller, but I think Haller when he plays to strengths, he's like a fifteen twenty goal a season striker. Whereas Jimenez, we haven't seen him be as prolific just yet. Like he was, he was good last season, but a lot of that is down to his sort of his all-round play. Like he got like eight or nine assists. You know, it was more than just the goals with Jimenez. So yeah, that's my that's my eleven. Next question: How do you see Limburg's time at Arsenal going, and where do you think Arsenal will finish? So, I'm I'll be shocked if anything other than him. Just doing a decent job and finishing like sixth happens. Like I don't, they're not gonna get top four surely. They're what four, thirteen points off now, or maybe not. No, no, thirteen off Leicester, but maybe not. Maybe like seven or eight off Chelsea to be fair. Um, but yeah, I can't see top four. Like I can't see them finishing above above Spurs now. Let alone like Chelsea or Leicester, or whatever. Um, but I think he'll definitely improve things. Like even even against Norwich, like. They were still better against Norwich than they've been in pretty much every game this season. Like even though the performance wasn't great and they still look shaky defensively, that's most likely just due to the fact they don't have good defenders. Like, look at the Pookie goal as well. Like that was just that was down to individual just stupidity. Like, or, or just Jacques' inability to get back in time, or Louis Louis let him onto his right foot so easy. Like his right foot, and he let him cut in. Like. Okay, I'm sure defending is harder than it looks on t like it looks on TV than to us, but surely you just don't. Surely you just put like your body ahead across him or something. Like he let him go so easily, and Mustafa was backing off. Like it was just like a, a, a comedy of errors. I think that's the phrase. A comedy of yeah, it like it was so bad. So I don't know if that's like Freddie's fault or anything, but um. But yeah, I don't see them. I don't see him transforming them. But I see him doing a better job than Emery did. Also, when a manager gets sacked, yeah, this is sort of links into the whole Mourinho thing. Like, when a manager gets sacked, and there's sort of this toxic vibe around the dressing room and around the club in general, all you need is someone that, for the short term, all you need is someone that sort of just motivates the players, gets the confidence back. It doesn't. I don't think there's even too much like tactics involved. And that new manager bounce just sort of carries the team for a while, like happens to Solskjaer as well. Um, so I think that could just see them through like the next couple of months, like get them a few respectable results. They were even drawing against easy against shit teams at home, like Southampton. Um, uh, I don't remember. There's another. There's another like few really shit results that they had at home. So. Yeah, that's how I see it going. I don't seem lasting like until I seem lasting until the end of the season. Then they'll probably find a new replacement because he won't do enough to sort of impress them. 
long term you know convince them he's the guy for the future like Solskjaer had a ridiculous start start to his United's like tenure like the PSG game the league form I think they were top of like the form table like last 10 games or those first 10 games they had more points than like Liverpool and City which is nuts like Freddie won't do that you know so that's how I see it going next question is how do you see how do you think the Amazon games will be received among fans and is it the future of watching football so I think this is about the the whole Amazon Prime thing for um, they're like broadcasting Premier League games for this week and for Boxing Day as well I think um, I don't really know too much about it but as someone who doesn't have like I don't have like Sky or BT or anything the prices that I've seen for Amazon yeah is what it's like seven ninety nine a month it looks crazy cheap and the article I was reading yeah the way they made it sound it was just so like it, it just it just appeal. It just sounds so appealing. Like they had every for this week of games. Like you can sign up for for a free like a free month, free month, a free thirty day trial, um, and they literally show every Premier League game that's on Tuesday and Wednesday, and you can rewatch every full game like within a week after it's happened. So something like that, yeah. As someone who loves just watching football, and who doesn't get to watch every match because I, I don't have that much. I don't have that much time. Like, I just love that. Um, but I'm not sure, like, how, like, viable that is and if prices would have to go up and stuff with... Because it, it, does, it doesn't It does seem logical to me. That the Look at the price of Sky and BT, yeah. Okay, I don't have a subscription, but I hear it's, like, 30, 40 a month. I know you get more privileged, privileges than just um, watching matches, like, twice a week. But look how much better this whole Amazon thing sounds and that like every single game I don't know if they'll have the rights to every single game ever like if it was to be I think that was if they got like the rights to to the Premier League for example for every I don't think it'd be every single match but even still it just sounds so much better than the occasional game and I don't know like to me it just sounds appealing it sounds too good to be true basically that's how I see it but um but yeah I'm gonna check it out like this week week like I think I think um I think like my parents have got Amazon Prime, so I'll just ask them for the password and stuff, and I'll watch, I'll watch the games there. Um, cause it just sounds so good. Like I'd gladly pay. Like even when I'm like, uh, like living by my own and stuff, I think I'll just refuse to pay whatever Sky and BT costs, cause it's just ridiculous. Like, even if I was like super rich, yeah, I'd still think twice. Like just out of principle, paying that much for for a few matches a week like I watch I'd rather just watch streams and streams are not ideal but it that I can I can I can get by like I've survived watching streams my whole life you know on like you know WYSIWYG and sh- shit like that or Red, Reddit soccer streams so if this was seven ninety nine and it was an actual thing even if it got raised to like 15 like I hope then I hope Amazon aren't listening to this but even if it got raised to like fifteen, I think I'd still pay it if they had like every game on there. Um, and I think I don't know if it's exclusive to the Premier League, but if it is, then I I would that wouldn't really I, I don't mind. Like honestly, I can just I can still watch my streams of other get of other leagues. But Premier League is what I watch most of. I, tr- I even watch like I'd say I watch five six games a week of Premier League just because 
you know, I watch about three on Saturday and then Sunday there's always two, so So yeah, hopefully that answers that. Even though I don't know too much about it, but yeah. Next question, thoughts on Mourinho so far? So I don't know how to even answer this man. You know on Twitter if you follow me on Twitter you'll see that I'm not too I wasn't too keen on the appointment. I'm still not too sort of happy with how everything went down. Like it still doesn't sit right with me. Like Podge getting sacked. Okay, I sort of see it. Like when you take emotion out of it, I can see I can see the rationale for that decision. I can see, you know, when articles have come out saying that he was grumpy all the time and he didn't want to be here and blah 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 and all the players that wanted to leave his relationship with Levy like I get it I get why he was sacked but the whole situation like not even the official count not even posting like any sort of tribute um Mourinho getting sacked getting appointed within like a matter of hours you know it just didn't sit right with me at all um yeah, and it just felt dirty. It just felt so dirty. Like, see Mourinho the next day, you know, smiling with the players. It was like, fam, you don't belong here. But whatever, man, it's happened. I have to accept it. I'm not going to say, like, I don't believe in that cliche, oh, you have to get behind the man. Like, bro, I don't go to games. Like, I don't have to I don't have to be positive about it. But I, I will be because, you know, I'm, I, don't feel, I don't feel negatively about it anymore. So, um... How has he actually done so far? It's too early to say, really. It's been three games, and they've all been pretty easy games. Like, I'm not saying Poch would have won all three of them, but West Ham with their form, yeah. West Ham away with their form. Mate, Roger, uh, not Roger, Roberto's a complete hologram in goal. Like, look at the Son and Kane goals, yeah. They were pretty central. They weren't even, like, bottom corner or top corner finishes. They were pretty central in the goal, and they just went through him, like... You know, so yeah. I mean, we played well, but we also played like one of the worst form teams in the league, and we got kind of lucky towards the end. Olympiacos was it? Olymp- yeah, Olympiacos. Obviously, we started terribly, um, but we recovered. I don't really hold. I don't really hold Marina responsible for the first two goals. Like the whole set piece thing is slightly worrying. Like we did concede. We did concede. Um, like two goals in two games from set pieces and the rice goal that was disallowed was I mean it was disallowed but still it was still poor defending from a set piece so maybe that's sort of an issue that needs to be worked on um but yeah but like and then the other two goals I don't the other goal I don't really you know that was just poor from from Rose from Winks from Gazaniga and then the Bournemouth game same thing as the West Ham really we cruised it and then towards the end we just sort of like, we literally nearly conceded on the last minute. Like, I don't know if anyone saw much for the day. Vertonghen had to save us. Like, Wilson was in. So, I don't know if it's just a complacency thing or if we're just not that good defensively and it's just not showing for, like, the first 60 minutes and then we're just capitulating. I don't know what it is, but it's a bit worrying. But um, I'm not going to complain. Like, he's done a good job so far. But like I said, um, like, it could just be, like, a new manager bounce thing where a new manager comes in and just just because he's saying the right things and just because he's getting confidence of the players up like saying to Ali or oh, is, is it you is it Delhi or is it your brother blah 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 that could just raise it that could just determine him to play well like I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if I want to give him too much credit you know because it's been three easy games we've scraped a couple of them 
and our defense has still looked shaky. So he's done what he's done better than Pochettino did this season, hundred percent. But I'm not like I'm not convinced yet. If that makes sense, like I'm not I'm not too confident for for the rest of the season. But that being said, like Ali is looking ten times better than he did under Poch. Um, Son is looking just just as good. Kane is getting. I want to say he's getting more chances. Um, should have scored against Bournemouth. Um, the only issue is the whole Dia thing as well. I don't know why I love Dia so much, but it was so predictable. Like he just knew as soon as he stepped in, Dia would be his man. Even though he's clearly not, he's clearly just, he doesn't do anything. Honestly, he does not. Do, he's not good defensively, and he's not good on the ball. So he's just a useless. He's just a useless player. Like I'd rather have someone like Sissoko. Or, you know, even though Sissoko's not really disciplined, like, he doesn't really stick to the DM position, he does more than Dyer. Like, Dyer, he sits in that position, but he doesn't win the ball back ever, or he doesn't spray passes across, like, fucking Cruz. Like, he's just average at every aspect of football. Um, So, I'd say Sissoko, even Lacelso, like, Lacelso's pretty decent defensively. Maybe against a team, a more sort of defensive team a team that will sit back more I'd play maybe uh, La Salsa and Ndombele together because La Salsa has played defensive mid before like he played there a few times for PSG um, and he's a centre mid by nature like, I don't see him as a, as a I see him as a creative player but he's a centre mid I see him as an 8 not a fucking like 10 or right winger like he's played so far and Ndombele as well Ndombele is good defensively like he, he's a bit he's slower than I thought he'd be but he's still he still wins the ball back a fair bit. So, those are my thoughts on Mourinho so far. Like, I'm, he's done okay so far, but it's it's too early to say, yeah, this is this is it. Like, I'm I'm confident for the rest of the season. Um, are Leicester lucky or are they legit? So, depends how legit you mean. Like, they're clearly a good team. They're clearly a top four team now. Well, this season, anyways, um, they've still been lucky. Like, like no one can tell me otherwise. Like, I know people don't want to hear. Oh, expect the goals. This expect the goals. That, but even if you just watch games, yeah. Before the last few weeks, they were not creating that much, and they were just scoring every fucking shot. And when teams like Newcastle and Southampton games like they they might have won anyway, but when they're they're getting sent off after half an hour. It just it just makes everything so much easier. Like like nine 0 and five 0 it's ridiculous. That's plus fourteen goal difference in two games, and that kind of goal difference is like an extra point at the end of the season. Like there's no way Spurs or Chelsea are, even if they're getting the same points as Leicester. There's no way they're getting a higher goal difference than them. So that is basically an extra point now for them. Um, and yeah, there's obviously a huge a uh, huge amount of luck involved with, you know, the the red cards. Like if you. It's not a case where it was the last man and because Vardy was so good, they had to take him out. It was not like that. It was just a random sort of cynical foul miles away from goal. It happened twice in the first half in the space of like three, four weeks. Like that is extremely lucky. And then obviously, if you just watch them, like the the goal is scoring, a lot of it is just really deadly finishing or like shots from outside the box. Um, Vardy we know is an amazing finisher, but... Like, Madison's chipped in with, like, three, four goals outside the box. Indeed, he's got a couple. Um, who else? Perez. Perez, to be fair. 
like he he's he's sort of averaging out what you'd expect him to score, but Vardy especially has just been ridiculously clinical, just scoring every chance right now. So they're lucky to be as high as they are, but they are legit. A, they're legit a good team. Like I'd say, Liverpool are better than them. Clearly, City are clearly better than them, <coughs> and then Chelsea. I want to say are better than them, but I can see Leicester finishing above them because of um because there's already a gap. There's like a six point gap, and they've got no Europe. So even if Chelsea are better than Leicester, it probably won't reflect in the table because you know Chelsea. I expect them to drop points because fatigue and whatnot so and the thing is as well even if Leicester are even if Spurs are better than Leicester you could argue I, w- I wouldn't argue that but you could make an argument that in a few months like we might be better than them under Mourinho and they might drop off a bit it doesn't matter because the gap is now 12 points so we can be better than Leicester until the end of the season and still finish below them just because the gap is already so big so yeah hopefully that answers that um. Next question: Why do you think Kane is still bagging it in every com- competition other than the Premier League? Still, so I don't think he's he's scoring that much in the Champions League. Like pretty much the same same sort of rate as he is in the Prem. Like in the Prem, the last couple of seasons, if you take away penalties, he's penalties he's scoring about zero point f- around zero point five per ninety, like zero point four five per ninety. In the Champions League, it's pretty similar. And yeah, it's pretty similar. Like I don't, he's taking, he's taking, a lot of his goals have been penalties. Like I saw that start about, he's the quickest player to ever score twenty prem, uh, twenty Champions League goals, but like six of them have been penalties. So it's a bit sort of, he's not scoring every game in the champs. Like the stats suggest, well he is, but uh, it's it's a lot of penalties. Like if he was getting a prem, a penalty every other game in in the Premier League as well. Then you know he'd be like top scorer in the Prem pretty much, so you know, and he's only played what twenty four, he's only played what twenty four Champions League games, so that that's the equivalent of like just over half a Premier League season. So maybe the sample isn't even that big to sort of, to say he's he's scoring more in the Champs than he's in the Prem, and some of the teams in the Champions League are worse than in the Premier League. Like, fucking Red. Okay, I don't know if I don't know how good Red Star are, but. You know, if he's scoring a brace against Red Star, Belgrade, will he score a brace? How many braces has he scored in the Premier League, like, in the last couple of seasons? Like, maybe two or three? So, you know, I don't really, I don't really know if he, if um, if he's, if at Champions League level he's really that much more prolific. But um, for England, 100%, if that's what you mean, like, if he's still scoring for England, yeah. It helps that he's playing with Sterling and Sancho, and even Rashford sometimes like Sterling and Sancho are two really, really good creative, uh, wingers. Even Trent's even played recently, and Trippier like he's got, he's got way better support, way better supporting cast at England than he does at Spurs. And the whole team sort of geared towards creating chances for him. Maybe Sterling to a certain extent as well, but at Spurs we're not really, we're not really playing to strengths as much as England are. Like at Spurs. I'd say Son is now sort of the main. I don't want to say the main man, but he's he's he scores as many goals as Kane. Now, let's be honest. Like since the start of last season, I think Son's even got like a better minutes per goal ratio than Kane. Like he, there's many times where Son is the farthest man forward, or he's running in behind, whereas Kane's the one dropping deep. As for England, okay, that still happens with Sterling, but he's in the box just way more for England. So. 
they're just playing to his strengths way more. Um, they don't need him to be as creative as Spurs do because we don't have any sort of like since Ericsson's been phased out, we don't really have much creativity. Like Ali, I guess. Lasas has barely played. Um, Trip is obviously gone. Endobelli is sort of he's a creative player, like in terms of how progressive his passing is, but he's not really. I don't see him as like a final third player, if that makes sense. So, yeah, that that's pro- that probably explains it. Plus, obviously, he's playing against worse teams. Like, who's the best team in England's group? Fucking Kosovo. Like, you know, he's he's scoring like hat tricks against Kosovo and Bulgaria and Czech Republic. Like. The quality of the opposition is just so much worse than in the Premier League. So that probably explains it. Um, and he's scoring a lot of penalties for England as well. Let's not forget that. Like, So I don't really see it as a massive... Um, I, I don't I don't see it as like a night and day difference. Like he's just scoring more because he's playing with better players. And he's playing against worse teams. Like there's not, there's not much to it. Um, next question. What's the meaning behind your name? So I think this is a reference to my at team is it? Um, the honest answer, yeah, I'm not even too sure. Like obviously, team is a tennis player. Like if you if you follow tennis, you'll know Dominic Team. Um, I just like like four maybe four or five years ago when I made the account, he was just I used to watch tennis a lot more than I do now, and he was just he still is my favorite player, but he was my favorite player. Like he was really young, um, he was coming through and. Uh, it was just really good to watch. Like I don't know what year it was French Open. Um, oh, was it two thousand sixteen or two thousand fifteen? One of them. He had like a run where he reached the semi-finals, I think, or the quarter-finals, and he was just so good to watch. Like it was the first time I'd, like, properly watched him, you know, and he was just he was just really good. And since then, I, I don't know. I just had that as my art. And before that, my art before that, I think was like. That was Lacazette, and I don't know why it was Lacazette, but I think it's obviously because it sounded like Lacazette, but I don't really know why it was that. Like, I just thought it sounded cool. Like, it sounded like Lacazette, but it spelled differently. And from then on, I just changed the first bit to team, to team and that's how team is it. <laughs> that's how it was made. So, it, there's really not much sort of logic behind why that's my but hopefully that explains it to a certain extent. Um, and yeah, I thought about changing it. Like, like I think it, it might have been Son is it for a while. This whole thing just sounds so moist when I deep it. Like, ah, uh, um, it's not even like I'm a lack of that fan or anything. I honestly could not. Like, I've never been. You know, this is from what like Leon did when I first made the account. I don't know why I had it as my, but yeah, um, Son is it? Jesus, that just sounds so wet. But yeah, um. <laughs> What's next question? What's the bigger problem for United? Player quality or social? So, I mean, the obvious answer is both, but which one's more of you know which one's a bigger problem? Um, I think short term, definitely the players because if you give Ole a good squad, he could still they'd they'd clearly be better than what they are. They'd probably be close to top. They'd probably be close to Chelsea's level in the table be you know probably above Spurs and if even if he had if even if he'd had Pogba fit you could argue they'd be further up the table and Marshall missed like a month as well like they've had key, they've had quite a few injuries to to key players um so 
in the short term, yeah, but I also think long term, like, like the like the manager is not gonna take them. He's not ever gonna take them to the level they need. Like he's the bigger issue. He's he's the bigger issue long term to get them back to where they need. Like if you could you could change the players and Oli could get them back to a decent level, but if you change the manager. You know, you could, that 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 that's what would take United to the next level. Like that's what could potentially take United back to where they be, well back to where they belong, back to where they were a few years ago. Hopefully that makes sense. Like, if you gave Ole a super squad, like if you gave Ole like a Liverpool squad, they'd probably be in the top four. Um, but no manager is sort of no manager is getting top four with the set of players. If that makes sense. So even if you had like Klopp with this set of players, I doubt they'd be okay. They might they might be top four. I don't know. Klopp or Pep might get United top four with this set of players. I don't know. The midfield's so bad though. But um, but long term, like he's not. You could give Ole anyone any set of players, and he's not gonna get them back to United back to like a top. Well, the top one club in the Prem, or even in like a title challenging team. So yeah, I hope that answers that. Like. Uh, Right now, I think the bigger problem is is the players because they're just so bad. Like, no one would be able to rescue this team. Like Pereira starting every game. I know you could blame Oli for playing these players, but even the fucking youth players. I see everyone crying out for like Angel Gomez and fucking these young. I don't even know the names, bro. Like, like even Greenwood. Yeah, these guys, they might be promising, but they're not gonna they're not gonna make you a top four team. Like, they're not that good yet. So. You know all this, all this stuff about oh you play the youngsters blah blah blah, that would help, but it still wouldn't it still wouldn't take United to a decent level. You know they still they'd still be like hovering around fifth, sixth, seventh. So yeah, but if they sat, if they the thing is if they hired like a Pochettino, you could see him rebuilding this team. You know whereas Ole, I, I just can't see it. Like he he spent a lot of money this summer. Like Maguire and Wamsaka cost like what one twenty million. And they've they're just they're equally bad, if not worse, than last season. So you know, but he does deserve credit for like Rash like Rashford's made serious strides under him. And I I never used to be like, I never used to. I think Rashford was like the super talent. I always thought he was overhyped, based off of like what one month of good form in in fifteen sixteen in his breakout season. But he's looked so good under Oli. Like still inconsistent, but. He's probably like one of the best in his age group now in in the world really like under twenty three. There's probably like five six players better than better than him max. So, I never would have said that like a year or two ago. I, I always thought it was so overhyped. You know, because he never hit more than what five in a season. Even his like underlying numbers weren't amazing. But under Ole, they've actually been like he's he's made serious serious improvements. So, he deserves credit for that, I guess. But yeah, long term. You could give Ole like all the money in the world. I still wouldn't trust them to win to you know take them back to to a title challenging team. If you gave Pochettino less money, I would back him to do a better job. Basically, that's 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 my main point. Um, and final question: Who would you consider? Who would you consider the biggest flop in Premier League history? Uh, I need to think about this seriously because a lot of, it depends like what you consider a flop is it the money or is it the expectations that you had on the player so I think Carroll for 35 when you fully deep it when you fully think about it yeah 
35 million six or seven years ago what is the equivalent of that now I don't want to exaggerate but it might genuinely be like 80 90 million like that is the levels we're talking because what well, what the Premier League record was Torres at the time or Torres was broke, he smashed it the same day but you know look at the Premier League record now it's what okay I think it might still be I think it's only 90 but you get my point like it, it was not far off sort of a real you know like the record signing if that makes sense and yeah I just think eight, 80 if you think about it now imagine Andy Carroll costing 80 million and delivering what he did like how many goals did he score for them On like genuinely I think he scored like three, four, five in the league in his first season and he got shipped off for like like less than half what they bought him for a couple of years later like Carroll might genuinely be the worst when you take into account inf- inflation um, a lot of people said Sean Wright Phillips a lot of people have said Sean Wright Phillips because the fee at the time was nuts like 20, 23 million you know what what nearly 15 years ago that's pretty nuts like when like when you take into account inflation the fee now must be like it must be over like 100 million and he wasn't even great for them he was barely he barely even like he didn't really establish himself in, in the first team as a starter um, Torres is kind of another one but it depends on what you sort of like he to Chelsea fans he'll, he's sort of still remembered as like a bit of a cult hero I think because or a lot of Chelsea fans consider like him a cult hero because what what he did at Bas what he did in the Barcelona game and in Champions League one I think he won the corner for for Drogba's goal like he had his moments and he didn't justify the feat at all and he was a massive flop but in terms of what in terms of Chelsea, winning Chelsea fans hearts I guess he he still did okay whereas Carroll didn't in terms of at all to Liverpool fans um, but in terms of the expectations Torres a lot of people. This is the thing, yeah. If this was in like the the social media era now, a lot of people would have noticed Torres would have was declining. Like, you'd have probably seen like what everyone does with Kane now. Like all the thing about the expected goals, the stats bomb readers. There would have been so many of of Torres now, like showing that he's not the same player, warning people about oh, how he might flop. Like I saw quite a lot of with Alexis like eighteen months ago before he joined um, United. And they turned out to be right. Like, even though he was worse than anyone could have imagined, they were still right in the sense that he was declining and he'd flop. So I feel like maybe in the social media era, the Torres signing would have been... A lot of people would have seen, like, yeah, he's not the same player he was 12 months ago. He's got a, he's lost the other pace. Um, he's probably, like, completing less dribbles, taking less shots, blah, blah, blah. But um, so maybe the expectation wouldn't have been that high in this in two thousand nineteen, if that makes sense. But I remember as a kid, Torres was the guy. Like he was the he was the best. I don't know if he was the best player in the Prem, but he was definitely like one of the best. And he was definitely like my most loved player in the Prem. Like I just remember, I didn't even watch that many games back then. But whenever I watched Match of the Day, or I used to read like Kick magazine. His whole look, it just made me love him. Like, the dyed, the bleached hair, the, the, the T90 shoes. Like, ah, I just love Torres so much. And, yeah, when he flopped, yeah, it was it was a pretty... I think it was a pretty big shock to everyone. Even though, I remember Carragher said a few times that um, everyone in the dressing room could see that he wasn't the same player. They couldn't believe their luck when they got 50 million, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it was still a pretty big shock, I thought. 
and there's a reason why Chelsea paid 50 million like someone must have still thought he was he was like a world class striker so so yeah I don't know if I'm missing anyone obvious like Morata sort of has a shout but they made back like nearly all the money and his his actual goal record wasn't that bad like he scored like 16 league goals for them in 18 months like it's not it's not terrible you know those are sort of numbers that you know like you get back from like Callum Wilson or something. So Morata performing at Callum Wilson level and recouping all the money, you know, is is not the end of the world. Like look, they've recovered from it already. You know. So, I I'd probably say, I want to say Carroll, um, but part of me wants part of me thinks Torres as well, just because of the expectation, how much he let everyone down. So. Yeah, that's it really. There's one actually no, no. There's one more, but I haven't had time to think about it. But I'll answer it anyway, cause fuck it. Who's the biggest surprise player? Who's the biggest surprise player wise so far this season? Uh, so I actually need to think about this, cause who's doing well? Um, I mean, Vardy is like a clear like. I don't expect him to be okay. There's actually an obvious answer now, cause I'm just thinking who's the sort of surprise team. Leicester and Chelsea have been like the surprise teams to me. Um, Tammy Abraham as much as I sort of backed him I did not see him being this good like he's definitely been the surprise sort of maybe not surprised that he's good but surprised that he's looking like genuinely amazing like he could he could put like another couple seasons of this and he's world class like no doubt about it and yeah he's not performed in Champions League or in big games blah 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 but he's got 10 Premier League goals after about in like 12 starts and even his like underlying numbers, like he's got the highest expected goals in the Premier League. Um, he's taking like three, four shots per game. Uh, his all round play is good. Like in the City game, I thought first half he was amazing. Like there was one shot, there was one moment where he sort of it was like a long ball and he just held it up and then spun and created a chance for William, who you know was a pretty decent chance. Maybe should have scored. And I did not know Tammy had this in his locker until like a month ago. Like when I first watched him this season, well, I've seen him before. When I first watched, like when I first saw him this season against United, even against Liverpool, he was just getting bullied like from the centre backs. And yeah, he was playing Van Dijk and uh, Maguire, like pretty physically imposing defenders. But he was just getting bullied every time. And I thought, you're six foot three, big man. Like you should be doing better than this. And yeah, it just made me think this guy he might be a good goal scorer. Like I even I think I said it on this pod, like I think he's a better goal scorer than Giroud. But I think the Giroud's all round play is better, like he brings wingers into the game a bit more. Um and yeah, like that's not true at all. Like Abraham's hold up play is pretty damn good. Like it's a lot better than I thought. And a lot of Villa fan even a lot of Villa fans have said they did not see this at all last season, so Maybe he's just genuinely improved as a footballer, which is not that surprising considering he's like twenty one, twenty two. But um, but yeah, Tammy's like the standout to me. He's been so good. Um, when I would have probably said seven, eight goals is a good return from this season. Ten goals in fucking December. Even he had ten goals in November. Like he didn't play it the other day, so I think that's ridiculous. He he should he should probably have about twenty goals this season. Hopefully, he does. Um and yeah, I'd love to see him get golden boot, even though Vardy's sort of running away with it now. And then who else? I think I think Cantwell, considering I'd never heard of him before this season, 
Um, and the fact he wasn't a regular starter in the championship, I think he got like one league goal last season. He's blown me away. Like the thing is, well, the thing that suggested me that he might be like like a seriously good player, like maybe even top six quality. Like the positions he gets himself into, like he is his reading of where chances fall is sort of Delhi Ali esque. Like he gets in so many good sort of tap in or you know, like there was that moment the other day against Arsenal where he was on the outside of the box and he sort of just played I wouldn't say an aimless pass, but he just played a pass. Um sort of it, it you know, it wasn't like a like a through ball or something. He just sort of played it to feet but with two defenders, um Surrounding the guy, I think it was Pukki, and he just carried his run, and he he just knew where the chance was going to fall. He knew where the ball would bubble. Like I don't think Pukki even made a pass. It sort of just bubbled in a certain direction, and Cantwell, because he just followed it up, he nearly scored. Like he got a he got a two on it, and it got blocked off, um, blocked by Mustafi. So, and there's been so many chance, so so many things like that that's just impressed me. Like he, the positions he takes up, yeah. Like against Newcastle, he got a couple of assists. He was just getting in really good positions. Um, obviously, the goals against Chelsea and City both scored from like inside the six yard box. Um, I know it's like tappings, but it's still impressive. Like he's getting into these positions. You need someone to to get to be in that position. Like there's a reason he scored, and not like when like Bundy is clearly the creative player in that team. There's a reason why Cantwell's getting in those positions and not Bundy or not uh Steeperman or McLean, whoever else they have. Like, he's clearly just got, like, this sixth sense about where chances fall. And it's not luck that he keeps scoring easy goals, you know, so supposedly easy goals. So, Cantwell's impressed me a lot. Um, who else? Lundstrom from, from Sheffield United. If you play FPL, you know about Lundstrom. Like, I didn't know anything about him before this season. Um, but, yeah, he's a midfielder who wasn't... He's a similar situation to Cantwell. He wasn't a regular in the championship I think he barely started, but um, he just cemented himself in that team. Now he's like a perfect. He's a bit of a system player, so I wouldn't say like I wouldn't recommend him to like a top six team or something. But he's perfect for the way they play, like high energy, box to box, just aggressive in his player style. You know, just he's like a budget version of K KDB. Like he never stops running. Just ah, uh, he's like from. I think maybe it's maybe it's a bit biased because of how good he's been on fantasy football. Like if you know about fantasy football, yeah, he's classified as a defender despite playing as like a number ten most games. So he gets clean sheet points and he gets like he's got like three goals, three assists. So he's just a dream. And he was like the cheapest player in the game at the start of the season. But yeah, he's he's seriously impressed me. He's probably been Sheffield United's best player, and they've been like the surprise package of the of the season. So. Yeah, that's the three that sort of stand out to me. I'm probably forgetting someone obvious, but um, but yeah, that's it. And yeah, I've tried to answer everyone's questions. This is pretty much bang on an hour, so yeah, this is a pretty long one, but hopefully everyone listens. Hopefully it sounds good. And yeah, thanks for listening.